It's Tom Karadza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, we bring in Jordan Anderson, the COO of BitBuy.ca. BitBuy.ca is one of the exchanges here in Canada that allows Canadians to take some of their dollars and buy some of the cryptocurrencies. We're big believers in Bitcoin specifically. Over the last few weeks, you may have heard Jeff Booth on this podcast talking about Bitcoin, Saifedean Amus, the author of The Bitcoin Standard, talking about Bitcoin. So we're exploring this area. So we're bringing, we're reaching out to Canadians who are involved in it and bringing them them on this podcast for us ourselves to learn more about the space and hopefully for you to learn more about the space as well. So you're hearing us learn about this stuff in real time. So because Jordan's the COO of bitbuy.ca, we thought he'd be a great guy. That's one of the exchanges that we use ourselves to buy Bitcoin. We thought we'd bring him on to talk about the exchanges, how they work, what's their role in this space. And the reason that we're talking about this stuff more and more is that we believe as, you know, and this is something we talk about with Rockstar Inner Circle members all the time, is that to protect ourselves from any economic situation that may come our way, we need three things. We need cash to protect ourselves from deflation and for emergencies. We need hard money. So that's things like silver, gold, and Bitcoin, where the supply cannot be manipulated, unlike government money or Canadian dollars. And that protects our savings. It also protects us against inflation and deflation. So we want cash, we want hard money, and we want good income-producing assets for us that is real estate. We want good properties that pay for themselves, produce income, pay for the debt that's on the property. If we can be smart with these things, it's one of the very few ways we know in Canada how to directly create new government money or Canadian dollars ourselves. When we sign the paperwork to buy the property and create that mortgage, we are creating money out of thin air. When we go three, five, 10 years later to refinance a property and pull equity out of a property, and we sign paperwork to do that, we are literally creating new money in the economy at that moment as well. So good income producing assets are very valuable in the economic system, the way it's currently set up. And that, and if you're, if you're not a big believer in real estate, you can create your own business. There's a multiple ways to create good assets. We believe real estate is really unique, that it's a good hard asset. It's good collateral going forward to borrow against. We think real estate is going to be one of the few ways that banks are going to be lending over the next few years. Not few ways, but one of one of the easier ways you're going to be able to lend is to have a, a good portfolio of good properties. So cash, hard money, and good income producing assets are the three buckets. We brought Jordan on so that we can explore exchanges and their role in accessing one type of hard money, which is Bitcoin. So Jordan was here. He was, you know, without knowing us, we just reached out blindly and said, hey, Jordan, we use BitBuy. Would you be willing to come on and share your story and what BitBuy is all about so we can all learn together in real time? And he agreed to it. So very thankful to him. So it's BitBuy.ca. We're not involved with him in any way. You should know it's just one of the exchanges that we use personally, and that's why we reached out to them. And look, if you are listening to this and you want some real estate specific information, you can get free copies of our books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. We literally just had somebody walk in the office today that downloaded our blueprint book, which is our latest book off www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. They were great, very grateful for the book. They ended up deciding to join our membership, the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. They're now meeting with one of the coaches on the team right here. They're sitting down with an and, and chatting with him right now as I'm recording this. So the books are really a good way for us to share value and, and, and hopefully share some good information with you. And if you decide you want to explore real estate investing, perhaps that'll convince you to reach out to us and, and we'll work together. That's why we give those books away for free. So you can get our latest book, the blueprint book at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. And with that, 
Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Jordan Anderson. Oh, wow. I got it right. I mean, I I wish I had such a nice, simple name like that. Like, not that it's simple in a bad way. I mean, it's just Jordan Anderson. My name is Tom and my legal name is Tomislav. So Tomislav and our last name is Karadza, which is pronounced Karadza. Right. It's a mess to try to tell people my name. Jordan Anderson is so nice. Thanks. Thanks. I was going to say Kardaza. That's what everybody says. Pull the mic even closer to you. Pull the mic. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody says teachers growing up. We were always the Karadaza brothers. So it's Karadza. Karadza. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like ka, and then the word rad, which isn't even cool to say anymore. But when I was younger, people used to say rad, like that's cool. Right. Do you even get that yeah. reference? Yeah, or radical. Okay. I don't know how old you are. I feel like you're young. Um, <laughs> radical. Yes, like radical. <laughs> so Karadza. Uh, um, but we were just talking about the Bitcoin standard. And did you say you had read it or you hadn't read it? Well, I saw Safe speak at a conference downtown about... A year and a half ago, November 2019. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my Smart first guy. Uh, Smart exposure guy. to him. Yeah. 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 I feel like this book, I tell everyone, I'm like, look, if you read the first 72 pages of this book, you're going to know more about the economy and how economics works than like 99% of everyone, including professors at universities. Correct. <laughs> yeah. You believe the same thing, right? Well, yeah. It's the study of Austrian economics, right? And time preference and... The whole, the whole the whole thing, right? The whole time preference thing kind of blew me away. I had never thought about um, someone's ability to have a time preference where they do not need an immediate return on their investment or re- immediate return on anything they're doing. But as an entrepreneur, that's something that really stood out to me because when I quit my job, I was, I was explaining to my wife, I'm like, listen, our income is going to basically collapse for right. a few years. But over time, we're going to have a lot more time freedom and a lot more hopefully cash or financial freedom as well. But like the little line chart that I drew up for it was like this big dip. Right. And then, you know, it, 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 it went up. Alexandra is going to pop in during this podcast. She might take some pictures while we're recording. I told her that, no, you're good. You're good. Um, okay. Cool, so cool. Uh, yeah, big, big fan of the book. But Jordan, I want to talk about your story before BitBuy and then we'll talk about BitBuy. For sure. How did you get to the point of BitBuy? You've go to, you just told me you went to Western. Yep. Yeah, so I did my undergraduate degree at Western, studied business there, and then I graduated, and my business degree was organizational and human resources, and that really wasn't me. I was sales. So throughout uh, university and earlier in just my journey, I had done sales businesses. So in university, I got involved with a painting business. Like many student, like a student yeah, painting like college, college pro kind of thing? Very similar. Okay. Yeah. So we would go door to door. We'd hire painters. We'd build out a whole produ- production schedule. And I did that. And that was my first foray into sales. And that was in you know, my third and fourth year of university. So when I got out of university, I had this degree. But I realized that regardless of what I studied, it's best to just play your strengths. And my strength being sales at the time. That got you into, because I read a bit about you now, you went in, was it like you were selling 
Google AdWords or you worked yeah. at Yahoo? Yeah, Walk yeah, me yeah. before this. that. Yeah. So graduated Western, moved back to Toronto and I was like, okay, how am I going to pay off all this student debt? Right. Cause you know, we all got student debt. Uh, and so the first job I got, I just started applying on LinkedIn. LinkedIn was still a thing back then. It was, this is, is it, not, this a about like is it not a thing anymore, LinkedIn? Well, no, it's, it's a thing, but it. you know, now it's like indeed and all these things, oh, got but, it. but, yeah. but I'm saying it was more like it was, it, it was like around when I was, when I finished. Right. Um, whereas, you know, maybe not like, you know, Are you pointing, years, you're about, you're no, pointing no, 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 you keep right. referencing to me like I'm a young guy. So, okay. So full disclosure, uh, my birthday is this Sunday. I'm turning 32. Oh, awesome, man. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I graduated about 10 years ago, let's call it, uh, maybe a little bit under that and moved back to the city. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And found this job, um, where I was selling oil training packages to see and sort of B-level executives out of Houston and Calgary. I did that for six months, but really there was this really cool company, uh, selling Google AdWords. And so I, I it was under a division of Rogers. It was called Outrank. Cool. And so that they were giving away all these cool trips and I went in for an interview and I got turned down the first time, but he said, go work six months. And so I got this oil training job and he said, come back in six months, show me that, you know, you have the grit and the tenacity. And I came back six months later and the VP of sales hired me then. And I was like super pumped. Yeah. That's the way to get a job. If someone like that, especially in sales says, go away and do something and you go away and do it and come back, you're instantly hired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and, uh, so they were giving away all these cool packages because they were reselling Google ads and Google was on the up and up like 2013, 2014. Uh, they're selling to small, medium sized business owners across Canada. We're cold calling saying, you got to buy this package. And it had this whole, um, lead tracking software built into the Google AdWords and they could record the phone calls from the oh my leads God. that were generating. I remember that. I think I got calls we had started, we started Rockstar in like 2007. Rockstar was incorporated in 2008, but we were doing this stuff before that. Yeah. And I think we got calls from people at Rogers. So I don't know if that would be you. Yeah. And we were doing our own Google AdWords campaigns at the time. And so we got the calls from you you guys. And not yeah. that it wasn't great, but no, we yeah. were like, no, we got it. Like, yeah. we're, you know, we're good. But and I then we totally called back remember- five times. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I totally remember that package. And yeah, it was like getting phone calls. Like you were going to run the ad, get phone calls for the business. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how long yeah. were you there for? And, and so I did that for around two years and I won trips to Arizona. I went to the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, I won a trip for my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We went to Hawaii. We all paid for for these sales incentives that we were doing. And it was it was honestly... Good times, man. You're living the high life. It was You're on, living the high life. It was honestly so much fun. 100 people in one room just calling you know, pitching, trying to do deals. Um, and you that, learn a ton from those environments. A ton. Totally. Where totally. was that office? Was that downtown uh, Toronto? Yeah, we started at the Rogers campus, um, okay. which was Bloor East. Okay. Like so, Bloor Mount Pleasant, and then they grew the division. It was under a local di- digital division, which was sort of like their venture business incubator division. They had Zucasa there as well, which was the real estate huh. arm, and yep. then we moved to uh, Lakeshore. What it, how you can learn so much from an environment like that, especially if it was growing like mad and just seeing salespeople who suffer and who thrive in that type of environment. So good for you. That, totally. that was a very fortunate, I think, that you went through that process. Yeah. And is that where, then did you, yeah, so what happens next? Is this when you quit and then start bit by? Like what happens? Yeah, then I went to Yahoo. Okay. So I kind of outgrew 
outrank. We had a really good few years and then the market became pretty saturated. So I started looking for the next opportunity and, um, I went to, and I found this job, uh, at Yahoo, um, at the time. And, you know, I just really wanted to work for like a big Silicon Valley tech company back then. Sure. That's everybody's and, dream. Yeah, exactly. You know it. Right. Oh you, yeah. You when I was that. working at Oracle, I was so happy. I'm like, oh my gosh. Am I? I remember telling people I'm a technical analyst at Oracle Corporation. Like right. that actually like yeah. meant anything. But you know, I was so proud to tell people. For sure. <laughs> like looking yeah. back, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. You're so, like, like, they're actually gonna pay me this much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm, I got hired uh, after university. I went to a school that trained like gave you Oracle skills and Visual Basic and all this stuff, HTML. That sounds so basic right now. Um, and then Royal Bank hired me. And Oracle called up within two or three months and their salary was like a $10,000 more than the base salary there. I think it was my base salary at Royal Bank out of school was 36,000 a year. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Like mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I'm in IT at Royal Bank. And then Oracle called and just like threw another amount of money on it plus bonuses and stuff. And I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm going with these guys. And uh, oh yeah, it was the best thing that ever happened. But uh, cool. So you go through the Yahoo experience then and then you're there for a few years. Yeah, so I spent another th three years working there. We grew the mid-market division in Canada, so they wanted to revamp that. My boss was out of Boston, and Boston, 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 yeah, Boston. And uh, basically, they were looking for a young, hungry sales guy to come in and sort of revamp that division. We grew that into like a $10 million division, uh, hired a bunch of people. It was like by the time... Um, it all ended. It was like 15 of us across account management and sales and everything like that. So that was just an awesome experience, ton of travel to the U S and just really got to see the insides of one of these tech behemoths and how they operate and super valuable and all the sort of products that we were able to kind of sell just on our own terms. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you see how much they sell. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just selling stuff out of this. Uh, I, I, Oracle, anyway, used to they used to give us sales sheets with all the different products. We didn't know some of these products didn't even exist. I know, right. and we were selling it, and they're right. and we're getting like aggressively told to sell this stuff. So right. we're selling this stuff, and then we we find out later when the customers call us back about some other stuff that the stuff we sold them a year ago was pure vaporware, didn't exist. And we're like, oh my God, like, well, no one told us, you know, right. we're just told to sell this stuff. Here's a sheet of paper. They don't actually give us the software and tell us to play with it. They're like, here's a piece of paper. You sell these line items on the piece of paper. Wow. That was the whole bit. But, Crazy. Uh, so Yahoo, okay, so then Yahoo comes to an end. Is that when you get to Bitcoin? Well, well, what happened was is Yahoo got bought by Verizon. Is that who bought Yahoo? I already yeah. forgot. Yeah, okay. yeah. No one really. I mean, by the time I was at Yahoo, like people were kind of have already moved on. They're like Yahoo, like uh, who Still uses around? Yahoo? Yeah, but yeah. but you know, you actually think about some of the cool products they have. Like people really use the fantasy sports app. People are still checking Yahoo Finance. So there's a lot of these sort of core products that still had a lot of traction, and then we were, that's where a lot of the value was still being derived. And and so they sold the business off to Verizon, and we basically merged with. AOL and a bunch of those properties like Huffington Post and TechCrunch. And so they kind of just packaged that whole thing together. And then we moved to a new office and it basically, and there was a bunch of layoffs and it just sort of killed everything we had going. And, uh, and then at that point I did that for about six months, new boss. I didn't, you know, wasn't the guy I worked for, for you yeah, know, the you last three try. years yeah, and yeah. build up this whole division and just wasn't really a good fit anymore. And really, so like kind of checked the, the big tech sales thing. Uh, and I was, you know, another number 
just on you know line item like cog yeah, in the wheel in the type corporate of thing. rat race man the fun was over you were in the corporate rat race <laughs> exactly and you, you know this because you know similar story for you as well with oracle so i was looking now to really get in a startup get my you know my piece of of some business and and so at that time i was looking around and looking around but previously that while this all this other stuff was happening i actually had um i had a bit of a side project going with my um my friend uh and cousin uh, adam goldman who's the original founder of bitby um but we had come together on Insta, this first version of bitby while i was working at rogers oh wow yeah so this was 2014 so i was actually at the oh, bitcoin ec- early, expo man. in toronto in 2014 where joseph lubin and vitalik had the little ethereum booth that hadn't even been launched Damn. Um, and um and i was with adam and Basically, my whole thing, my whole jump into Bitcoin was one day Adam called me up and Adam's very into technology. And he said, check out this Bitcoin thing. Why don't you come over to my place and uh, I'll tell you about it. And we watched a few documentaries and I started learning about it back then. And so we started this just this half this way to buy half a Bitcoin at the time and it was called InstaBT, and you use your Interact online, and that was in 2014, and just sort of was stagnant at, at the beginning, um, and then, uh, but um, you know, kind of stayed with it. And he actually came and worked with me at Yahoo for a bit as an IT analyst, and uh, so we always sort of knew about it early on. But once 2016 came around and it started to build momentum, that's when there was Bitbuy was launched. And, uh, so and you, kinda, you launched Bitbuy right before the big run up in Bitcoin. Yeah, so we had InstaBT, and then um, and then I was. What do you kinda, mean you had InstaBT? We had BT. so InstaBT was the original first version. That was something that you was, you guys had created. Yeah. Oh, originally. I thought that was something you were using. Oh, yeah, you had it, created it. Yeah, we, it was the first version of Bitbuy, um, oh. and I was involved in that. And I was because I was working at Rogers, so I said, "Oh, I can do all the Google advertising for InstaBT. Get you customers. I'll do all the marketing." Was anyone getting responding to your ads on like? Yeah, like like there was like a, I don't know. There was like some people were searching buy Bitcoin back in 2014 on Google. When my friends were talking to me about Bitcoin, probably to, not that early, maybe around I want to say like 2015, you know, 16 ish. Everyone was trying to convince me that it was a currency. And this is when I was kind of smashing the idea down and I was dismissive dismissive of it because I'm like, listen, we already ran a business for a bunch of years. We already had dealings with the government where they're like, you got to pay us our payroll taxes and you got to pay us our HST and you have to pay all that stuff in Canadian dollars. So I was telling all my buddies, I'm like, guys, like Bitcoin looks really cool, but I as a business owner can't charge and accept Bitcoin because if it's this volatile and you remember I mean it's less vol- volatile now especially in the last couple of months man it just feels like it's just sitting like yeah. this. but 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 back then it was like it would swing oh yeah and and um and I, I said how can I accept Bitcoin and then if that month it happens to collapse but I have to pay my payroll taxes or my submit my HST I have I'm, I'm I'm at the mercy of the oh. price of Bitcoin so like I can't use this as a currency for the business so I was dismissive of it. It wasn't until reading Safe's book recently that made me think I've missed the whole message on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. This thing is a store of value mm-hmm. like a gold. I've been a huge gold fan for like 10 years. I wear a gold chain, not even because I think it's cool. Not that wearing a gold chain is cool. It's really just my middle finger to the establishment saying, I know what you guys are up to. I know right. ba- Bank of Canada. I know you're trying to 
kill my currency and my my hard labor and destroy it. So this is my little kind of like, hey, I'm onto your game, right? I Which get I, it. I, yeah, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's that was what gold was to me. It right. was like I could get out of the system. I know what's going on. And then it was just really this year that the dots connected. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. Bitcoin is the digital digital iteration of gold. Totally. And it when that hit for me, that's when Nick and I started accumulating it. So right around when COVID was breaking out. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started telling everybody about it. So we're really, we're like, I don't know if we're the old guys late to the game that right. maybe give some validity, not that not that you would need validity, yeah. but like if some older people are now saying, hmm, there's something here that we've ignored and we need to get in, like some of the friends I've been mentioning that are buying it, my brother-in-law and stuff yeah. like that. It seems like there's been this turn since your 2014 experience to now. Yeah, and I think if you look at the history of Bitcoin, it started out with just super smart engineers and then you had the libertarians that came in and then you had more along sort of the tech VCs that started to get involved and you know us being really into computers and you know and I I really give a lot of credit to Adam for you know being able to build a computer at 14 and really knowing a lot about the tech the tech space kind of identifying this technical version of money early on and that's what brought us in from being you know, being the guys who really like tech and cool new gadgets and cool new things on the internet. Yeah, you guys were early, you guys were early, man. So, Adam um, is how how are, that's your cousin. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah. so your cousin and, and one of my best friends. Awesome. Yeah. So he, you guys do this, and then you go from Insta B B B C. What was BT. it? BT. Insta yeah. BT. And then you launch Bitcoin. So when was so, Bit, yeah, so sorry, Bitboy, Bitboy, Bitboy? When yeah. was it launched? So Bitboy was launched June 2016. I was really busy at Yahoo at the time, so I wasn't involved in the relaunch. So I wasn't back in it full time like I am now. Then, so then it sort of puttered along throughout uh, 2016, and, and then obviously what happened in 2017. We all Chaos. sort of know what yeah. happened in <laughs> yeah. 2017. Yeah. And then that's at the end of 2017, that's when I was like, after I saw that, I was like, this is perfect timing. This is really going to be, this industry is really going to be real. And I'm looking for my next gig and I'm ready to just get the hell out of corporate life. So had the price already fallen down before you jumped into it? When when did the price come down? Like it t- I know it briefly, very briefly there, it touched $20,000 US or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it came down. Was that end of 2017? Uh, yeah, so the price basically maxed out right in middle of December and sort of then started crashing throughout the end of December 2017 and then into early 2018. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then you jump on in and in what capacity did you jump on there? Just you're going to help do anything you need to do to to keep this thing going? No. So what happened was is Adam, uh, basically, we had another family friend, uh, business associate who um, jumped back in with us right around there and said, "Okay, let's let's grow this thing out," and so. That's when I jumped in. Um, I came in, and I was going to grow the sales and do the marketing and operations and cl- customer success. And so that was the some of the stuff I was going to focus on. You guys are crazy, man. To, 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 I don't know. You had a girlfriend at the time. You you said you're married now. So you tell your girlfriend you're gonna. You had this girlfriend at this time. 
Yeah. You tell her you're going to quit this nice, comfy, stable corporate job and go into this Bitcoin world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's still yeah. with you. So that's yeah. cool. And you yeah. found the she one. She looked at me like I was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. You. <laughs> Yeah, you, she's the one. It was. It's funny you even bring that up because I don't think about that a lot. But looking back on that now, and it wasn't just her. It was a lot of people were definitely questioning. Oh man, I would have told you like, what are you getting into? Like mm-hmm. at that time, um, but you know, you were ahead of the curve. So bit, bit by, you were solving the problem because now bit by. Well, what do you, why don't you explain what? How how do you explain what bit by is today? For sure. And then I want to go back to the problem you were solving when you when you got yeah. jumped on. Yeah. So BitBuy is the leading Canadian digital currency exchange. So right now we allow Canadians to exchange Bitcoin with Canadian dollars and other digital assets. So the right, right now we're offering uh, 10 plus spot digital asset marketplaces uh, with full order books, uh, limit orders market orders and the ability to trade the assets. But then before you even get to the trading point, we also offer all the funding options. So the ability to onboard, go through the full KYC process, um, get KYC process, uh, like know know your customer. Okay. Got it. Exactly. Got it. So that's a huge part, like being able to be a fiat on an off ramp, within the digital asset industry. Oh, shit. I like that you're talking fiat on an off-ramp. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's really like one of the main things that we oh, yeah, are. Yeah. Um, so just the ability to do that requires an intense amount of compliance um, with FinTrack with, um, and, and, so, and, and, and other regulatory bodies, of course, but the main one being FinTrack. And so... Just to go back to the original question, we allow clients to onboard and go through the KYC process. Then you become a verified client, and then you're able to fund account with Canadian dollars in multiple with multiple funding methods. And you're also able to withdraw with Canadian dollars, and then trade those Canadian dollars with Bitcoin and, and other digital assets. And then you can also fund your account with those digital assets as well. Which is huge. I think when Nick and I were first looking at it, for some reason, I think one of the original exchanges is out of the UK or something. A coin. Coin something. I forget which Coinbase. one. Coinbase. Okay, Coinbase. And yeah. I think I had had an account like a few years ago, yeah. but I never did anything with it. Right. But then I had to exchange my, I forget as a Canadian, it was always like kind of super tricky or weird. Yeah. And then finding you guys was just like a blessing. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Canadian exchanges now. Like, and I can just do this and I can interact email money from like my TD bank over into BitBuy. I'm like, this is golden. You know, right. so like you guys are for Canadians. I guess providing a huge service because that seemed too complicated to me. Like do, doing, all, I'm sure it's easier now with some of these other exchanges. Right. But at the time when I was setting it up, I think I was taking passports and scan. I forget. I feel yeah, like totally. I was almost giving blood to set up this account and yeah. I couldn't figure it out. So, uh, so an on ramp and offer. And it's funny you say that because that's how I view as one of your customers. That's actually how I view BitBuy. I'm like, oh my gosh, BitBuy is changing in my mind. It's not just an exchange to me. BitBuy to me is a place where why don't I just hold some quote unquote money over there, whether it's the Canadian dollars, like the fiat version of the money, and I'll just leave it in BitBuy, or I can quickly change it over to, to you know, for me, it's Bitcoin mostly. I have a little bit of Ethereum, mm-hmm. but to Bitcoin, and that's going to be my bank. Right. Like, I'm just going to like, that'll be my mm-hmm. bank over there. For sure. And that's weird. 
<laughs> that I was, I was starting to think of Bitbuy more like my bank. Right. Because I'm like, this makes a lot more sense over here. If, if I do, if I want to keep the Canadian dollars, like I know there's a fee to put, we can talk about how exchanges work. They all have the fees, but I know there's a fee to get some in there, which is normal. That's how you guys are going to get to make money. Sure. Um, but once it's in there, I'm like, this is a lot. I, I like this world more than I like my TD Waterhouse investing world. I'm like, this is like a lot more, first of all, it's a lot more exciting. And I see a, a much brighter future with right. this, with the way the world's going on. Right. With everything going on, especially in the economy in mm -hmm. the world. Um, so that's what it's taken on to me. It's almost like a bank to me. And I don't know if you guys have ever thought of people viewing you guys like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, yeah. you, you yeah, get like that. Yeah, like we're a digital currency bank sometimes. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that makes sense. And for whatever reason, I wasn't originally thinking of you like that. I was like, I'm just going to use these guys to buy some Bitcoin and that's it. But mm -hmm. now I see it in a much different way. Mm -hmm. So I just want to flip back. Mind to you, just just one thing, one thing to interview. I mean, we don't offer a lot of the services that traditional banks sure, yeah, yeah. offer. So, yeah, yeah. you know, full disclosure, you know, not a bank. You're not, not trying to be You're not making bank. interest on... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how BitBuy evolves, though. Mm -hmm. Because over the next three, five, ten years, right. I could totally see me using my Bitcoin as collateral at a place sure. like BitBuy. Yeah. And earning interest in different capacities where you guys take on a different role or mm -hmm. are maybe the intermediary to something else. There's a lot going to happen in that space. Like you can feel it. Yeah. Um, no. But I just want to go back to that moment where you start, started BitBuy for a second. So you launch this thing. You're running some ads, I guess, to get people interested in BitBuy. And then you start growing your customer base. Like that's that's how it works. And your, your cousin there, he's kind of doing the technology behind the scenes. Yeah. So like I wasn't fully all in until the end of 2017. So back when we had InstaBT, we started that. We had my cousin focus more on the technology, Adam. And then, yeah, I was running some ads, trying to get some customers in. And it was just a side project for both of us, really. We said, this is cool. Let's work on this together. We always talk about when you know, we're younger, oh, we're going to start a big business and work on it and grow it and that type of thing. So it was just really a side project then. But as the years went on, because of the space that we were looking at just started to grow and the traction just continued, it quickly took the form of, wow, we can really launch a real business here because the industry was so exciting and there was a demand for what we wanted to do and what we wanted to do was hard for people. So it was a really hard thing to be able to get dollars into Bitcoin and get Bitcoin back into dollars in Canada. So it, kind of sucked us in and you know couldn't be more happy about that yeah got it okay so tell why do you think how do you explain i was gonna ask you why do you think bitcoin's important for people to understand today but let me before i before we get there why what how do you explain what bitcoin is to someone who doesn't understand it because i know a lot of the people i speak to like i gotta start at the beginning mm -hmm. i'm like okay look here here's what bitcoin is and here's what it isn't. How do you explain it to somebody new? Do you have your like canned answer that maybe I can steal from you or something? Because I find myself, depending on the person, I'm always changing the way I explain what it is. Yeah, I, I think that's that's true because you're always going to have to create an answer that is going to resonate with that specific individual. And I think very often now the conversation is all around the investment purpose around Bitcoin. So people want to know why they should 
tech quote unquote investment and, and why it's valuable. So, you know, you start going into some of the attributes about the network and the coin itself. And the main thing that I usually tell them and say, well, they first of all, the, I don't even say that like before we even get into what it is, it's like, why should I care? Like, what does this matter to me? Right. As an investment. And the first thing I was like, well, there's only t- ever going to be 21 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for those of you, li- yeah, if anyone's listening, there's only the, that's what Bitcoin is set up to produce. If you hear about Bitcoin miners, there's there's about 18 million or some odd now Bitcoin. There's Correct. only going to be 21 million. And that kind of amount is really interesting to me as a gold guy. 18 million, 469,818. You got the real time, uh, the real time. That's the circulating supply of Bitcoin. Got it. Yeah. So I guess we could just call it round up and say 18.5 million. 18 and a half million. And there's only going to ever be 21 million. Correct. So I found myself, I was at a friend's house at a backyard barbecue on the weekend. And the way I was explaining it was similar to you. I'm like, look. There's going to be a lot of Canadian dollars printed over the next 10 years because things are messed up. They're going to print more and more money. They have been for the last 10 years, for the last 100 years, let's face it, but for the last 10 years aggressively. And when the volume of Canadian dollars increases like this much, and if you're listening to this, you can't see me, what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm kind of spreading my hands really far apart. But there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin permanently. More Canadian dollars are going to chase a limited amount of Bitcoin, which is naturally likely, there's no guarantee, but likely going to drive the Canadian dollar price of these things up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, I mean, if you're if you're comfortable keeping any of your savings in Canadian dollars that are being produced like crazy every year, diminishing the value every year of these things, then fine. Keep your any savings in Canadian dollars. But if you want something in a little harder money, and by hard, I mean not easy to produce, then you got to check out Bitcoin. Right. And I don't even look at it as investment anymore. Right. I, I tell people, and I know most people look at it as like investing in it's Bitcoin. Like a, it's a hedge. It's yeah, it's a hedge, and to me, it's just straight up money at right. this point. I'm right. like, this is proper money. Right. This is money the way it's meant to be. Right. And it's sometimes helpful to instead of thinking, oh, well, what's Bitcoin denominated in Canadian dollars? Well, what's Canadian dollars denominated in Bitcoin? Because if you flip the script you realize that the problem isn't necessary. It's not what's so good about Bitcoin, but what's wrong with our current economic system. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you said that. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the whole point. I have this running joke with two of my buddies. I always tell them like, you got to use things like Bitcoin as the numeraire. And they're like, what the hell is this word numeraire? What are you even <laughs> talking about? But numeraire is, is, is I'm going to pull up the definition. I don't want to mess this up. They're going to laugh at me when, it, when they hear this. But numeraire is when you're using a different commodity as the thing of value. Go give me one sec. I'm going to pull it up. Numer, numeraire. So here's the definition. Um, an item or commodity acting as a measure of value or as a standard for currency exchange. So to your point, it's like most people look at the Canadian dollar as the standard for the currency exchange as the measure of value. Mm-hmm. But I'm using a different numeraire in my life. I'm looking at like how many ounces of gold do I own? Right. How many Bitcoin do I own? Right. That's the measure of value, right. not the Canadian dollars. Then right. I just look at what is it currently worth? So going back to using BitBuy as a bit of a bank account, I just look at how many Bitcoin I have in something like BitBuy or often my hardware wallet. We can talk about that after as well. Um, And that's the thing of value. 
Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I think more people are having that kind of switch. Right. I mean, it's slow, but it's it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool is that it makes people want to learn more about the history of economics. How did we get here? And why do we accept Pull the this? mic a bit closer why, to do, you. why are we accepting everything that's that's been told to us? Like, maybe there's a better system. Maybe the way things are isn't the best way. Uh, so it, it, it starts to pose a lot of fundamental questions about current systems and, and allows us to think a little bit bigger, a little bit more macro than, than we're used to maybe doing. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. So I want to ask you a couple of things about just straight up exchanges now. What, what exa- how do exchanges work? Like, what do you tell people about like a, you know, like a Bitcoin exchange? So bit buy or otherwise, like, what is it that is happening? I'm using the exchange to interface with sellers on the same exchange on different exchanges. And then my second question is so like, how, what's going on when I use an exchange? And the second question I guess I have for you is that when I buy, let's say I buy a full Bitcoin, because you don't have to, but let's say I buy a full Bitcoin. Do I have that Bitcoin on the exchange? Like that's my Bitcoin sitting on your exchange? How, right. how does that work? Yeah, so the first thing I'll tell you is BitBuy didn't always have a quote-unquote exchange type mechanism, right? So we weren't necessarily always matching a buyer to a seller. We were simply being a middleman to maybe another buyer seller somewhere else. So we didn't always have that mechanism in place. Is that because you didn't have enough volume on your exchange yourself? No, it was just the technology. Oh, got it. Okay. Right. It, it, it's a, essentially what happens is to be a quote unquote exchange, um, you have to have what's known as an order matching engine that is a, that can match a bid and an ask and, and create an actual order that, that will be processed um, through, if that makes sense. Yeah, got it. Okay. Okay. So then, so because you are able to do that, you are now an exchange. You're not just passing through the request somewhere else. Yeah. And, and I'll be, you know, be careful with exactly how I define it. Um, but we create that, we, we provide that service to uh, the ability to match a buyer and a seller within our marketplace. Got it. Okay. And then if I buy a Bitcoin from you guys, mm-hmm. what's going on there? Like I own the Bitcoin and it sits on your exchange. Yeah. Like, is that how? It works? Yeah. So like you, like, you know how you have your balances, like, so you yeah. log in and you see, okay, I have this much Canadian dollars in my account, this much Bitcoin in my account. So when you come in, you're not necessarily buying the Bitcoin from us. You could be buying the Bitcoin from a seller of, of another one of our clients. And that Bitcoin, of course, exists in the uh, overall marketplace. Um, and all of the Bitcoins that are in client accounts are being um, stored on the back end. Uh, in, in, and there's what's known as a, like a treasury analysis that's constantly being run that ensures that all of the Bitcoins that uh, client accounts hold, of course, are actually being um, uh, stored uh, safely. Okay, so it is like a one-to-one relationship. Oh, yeah. I have my Bitcoin and it's owned on the exchange there. Correct. Got it. Okay. And then now I feel like BitBuy did something new like, 
I know Bitcoin gets a lot of like bad rap because of if it's history of people thinking it's used for different illegal activities in the whole bit. And then there's always different kind of scams going on with with Bitcoin. And it's not with Bitcoin itself. It's more like scammy people doing mm-hmm. things to like get Bitcoin. But I know right. you guys. Enjoy- so what so what's so good about Bitcoin? It can also be used for nefarious purposes. So the ability to settle transactions directly between one party and another without having a central authority is amazing for people who can use that power responsibly. But then at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's where a negative for people who are going to do bad things with it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and people can get taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. So, but BitBuy, I noticed recently, you guys are insuring the Bitcoin on your exchange? Correct. That seems new, right? Like I've never seen that before. Yeah, so we partnered with Knox to be able to provide custody on the Bitcoin cold storage. And so they're providing one-to-one insurance on that cold storage of Bitcoin, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that gives a lot of people who aren't used to this space or like never purchased anything in the crypto world some comfort. Because I think for you, I don't know about you, but like at 32 years old, you might think this is like all just normal. Like, yes, I'm going to buy this stuff. But I think for people maybe my age, I'm 47 turning 48 in January. I think I'm a little bit more open to it, but I have a feeling a lot of people my age or maybe older would have the thought of what the heck am I doing? What are these exchanges? What am I buying? What What is happening? So the fact that you have insurance, I think is a huge deal, just a huge selling feature for you guys. Like just yeah. from a marketing angle, when you're talking to people of my generation or older, almost that point is like the most important point because it gives people some comfort. Because when I try to explain to people, I'm like, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get account a bit by. Then you're going to go to your bank and you're going to interact email transfer or wire transfer over the money, which is already like a stretch for a lot of people. Right. right? They're like, what? And right. then you get that done. And then you're going to buy this Bitcoin stuff. And the exchange is insured, but if you want to take your keys, and I don't even know how technical we're going to get here, but if you want to take your like Bitcoin off the exchange, let's just say it like that, right? then you can get this thing called a hardware wallet. Yeah. (laughs) And my brother-in-law calls it a gizmo. He's like, what, I got to get a gizmo? I'm like, yeah, you got to get a gizmo. And then with your gizmo, you take the Bitcoin off the exchange. I know technically that's not really what's happening there. Just you're taking your key off the exchange or you can correct me if my language is incorrect right. here. Fair uh, enough. I, I think that's good. A yeah. Good analogy. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, then, and, you know, then it's on your gizmo, your access to right. it. And then when you want to put it back on BitBuy, Bitbuy, you can get your gizmo and you can put it back onto the BitBuy exchange. And, and he's, his mind's just already being blown, right? Like, mm-hmm. what the heck is happening here? Yeah. But... Uh, um, I even forget, uh, Jordan, why we got started down that path. Oh, the insurance. So yeah, just saying the insurance is, uh, to, to some people of my generation, I think is like a huge selling feature. So yeah. I think that's really cool that you did that. I, yeah. I don't see that around. I, apparently it is after hearing you, but I don't see it everywhere. So that's yeah. cool. And just to add to that, like I work with a lot of the high net worth clients that we essentially are providing these services to that are similar to yourself and they're coming to me and they're saying okay how do I do all this and the way that I see these guys working is that or these people is that they're already exposed to buying precious metals and gold like a lot of the clients that we have also oh, come the down same to, people yeah yeah and and so when we talk about cold storage when we talk about wallets I say, look, this is this is the way that you have the digital bar, right? Oh, got it. Okay, so this is how you hold it in your hand. Yeah, like, and then you go put that that uh, 
cold storage device either in <laughs> a safety deposit box <laughs> or it's under so- your bed and or you know in some cases you've actually vaulted in uh super secure vaults uh you know do we have 200, that in Canada? 200 feet you have there's a company that does that uh, out of switzerland and they vault it you know hundreds of feet down under the ground <laughs> Um, or you that's know, so ridiculous yeah. to me that we're buying digital assets and then putting it on like a. For those of you who don't know what a hardware wallet is, let's call it like an advanced USB key. Okay, it looks like a USB key, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that you, the fact that you would vault it made me just laugh. Actually, setting up my hardware wallet, I don't know which one is your favorite. I just started using a Nano X. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. Sure. Someone recommended a Nano X. Yeah. This isn't an endorsement for them. I just that's the one I grabbed. Yeah. And part of the setup process was getting those. 12 is it 12 or 24 words i think it's yeah 24 24 words that they kind yeah. of assign to you the redundancy yeah yeah the, that's your backup right that's your and backup so, yeah, yeah i write down these words and i'm like oh my gosh wait a second here right i'm buying digital coins on the internet and my backup are these 12 words that i've written down on this piece of paper right. so i'm not going to tell anyone listening what i did with these 12 words but I, I did something with them and then i ended up telling my wife listen if anything happens to me you get these 12 words from where I told you they are. Right. And you go talk to my brother, Nick. He'll know what to do with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this yeah. is the state of where we are. With things. Totally. I'm like, this is the backup of everything. And, and Carol, my wife's like, what the, what are you even talking about? Right. What did we buy? She's like, thank God you're into this stuff. Because I don't know what's going on. But I'll keep, I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention to these 12 words if I ever, ever yeah. need them. Seriously. Yeah. So uh, on that note, what is, do you have a hardware wallet of choice? Not like an endorsement or. Yeah, I've, have, I've been using a ledger myself. Yeah, like, got it. Yeah, I think I have an older one. It's like a Ledger Nano S. Okay. And uh, and I have a bunch of Bitcoin on there, and uh, I'm not going to tell you where I keep it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. But they're all pin protected and stuff anyway. So, oh, I yeah. mean, really, yeah. but yeah, I guess someone yeah. could kind of hack into those things, but I feel like it'd be pretty tough. Yeah. Well, they might have to show up at your door, uh, you know, with a gun or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, and say, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, so, okay. But, but I don't have that much Bitcoin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. don't try well, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess being uh, you know involved with a bit by the way you are, it just makes sense for you to keep uh, keep your stuff. I would imagine most of your stuff on the exchange. When what um what percent of people do you think are in Canada who are involved in buying um, any of the crypto? Let's call it any of the coins um, are holding it versus trading it. And I'm not asking for any proprietary knowledge from BitBuy specifically, mm-hmm. but if you were just to make a guess, are most people buying? And let's actually let's stick with Bitcoin if we could. Yeah, what holding, holding. That's really, what yeah. people are doing. No one's trading it. Pe- well, people, the traders will settle in Bitcoin, so they'll trade other assets. But then when they're trying to actually settle those trades for more money now, instead of trying to settle back in U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars, they actually settle in Bitcoin. And then hold the Bitcoin as their safe. So that's of, that's them cashing out. They're not cashing out to Canadian dollars. They're cashing out to Bitcoin. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that so there's kind of that's like the safe blue chip of cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Got it. And is that the way you view Bitcoin? Well, yeah. I mean, as we move more and more into this digital world, people ultimately, like I said, they're denominating, as you put it, numeraire yeah. Bitcoin, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not ca- not dollars for the most part because you know let's face it you know so many of these other assets within this world are traded against bitcoin bitcoin's the master coin mm-hmm. right 
yeah. So. And if you're, yeah, if you're listening to this and wondering why we're saying this about Bitcoin, it really is because Bitcoin is basically anonymous. And what, what I mean by that, and correct me if I'm wrong, some of these other coins, there's nothing wrong with this at all. It's just that there are different bodies or people that can control how some of the coins are created, the, 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 the amount of them out there. Whereas Bitcoin just as I almost look at it as like an accident. Mm-hmm. Like someone came up with this idea to create these 21 million coins, Satoshi Nakamoto's white mm-hmm. paper or whatever right. it was. And some guys started running this on their computers and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And I feel like it's a very hard experiment to replicate because if you and I came up with our own coin, because I'm imagining you and your cousin at one point were like, hey, we're coming up with our own. Like everyone kind of had that thought, <laughs> right. let's face it. But you guys are kind of still in control of it. And then I, as an investor or buyer of your coin, have to put my faith in you that you won't manipulate the supply. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes very much a thing like the Canadian dollar, where I have right. to trust the Canadian government not to manipulate the supply of Canadian dollars. Whereas Bitcoin, it is what it is. There's going to be 21 million and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, can you? It's one of the greatest social experiments of all time. It seems that way. Mm-hmm. And it also seems like it's a freak accident to me, right. like the, the way it developed, because I don't want to get too much into the technical aspect of it, but the, the amount of people running nodes for Bitcoin, by the way, I ordered, no, I'm, we're going to run a node here. Don't even know what I'm doing, Jordan. Right. I'm going to run a node. We're going nice. to see how this goes. I just okay. hope I don't screw up all of Bitcoin for everybody. When I get on there running a node, I just hope <laughs> something doesn't happen. But uh, <laughs> there's so many nodes out there running i don't know what do you call is it the bitcoin uh the bitcoin core software or whatever the whatever on this node that is uh the that that is all running duplicated around the world that there are so many of these nodes running the bit bitcoin software someone's going to just rip me i can't believe i'm not thinking of the word i want to say here but are running on these nodes um it's hard to attack it Right. Because there are so many of them running around the world. Mm-hmm. It would be very hard for you and I to start a new crypto coin and convince that many people to run that much computing power around the world for it. Correct. So the fact that there's so many nodes running Bitcoin on it, it just it's this weird thing. And it seems to be growing continuously, making the network even more and more secure. Mm-hmm. It's just a freak thing. Like mm-hmm. once you go down that rabbit hole and start to understand some of this stuff, it's just absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and it, to kind of go back to your question a little bit before is about the holders. I think there's really three main stakeholders from my understanding that affect the price uh, economics of Bitcoin. It's, as you mentioned, the people holding the Bitcoin long term, guys like you and me. Then there's traders. Um who are probably using leverage or other types of financial tools to trade large amounts and doing shorter term buys and sells and things like that. And then you have the miners. So the people, the companies and, and that are actually producing new Bitcoin. And so those three stakeholders are the you know core stakeholders that actually affect the price. I think right now, especially when you see what's happened with the price since March and we've had essentially you know, a, a double in the price. The amount of people holding Bitcoin long term and the amount of wallet addresses that have just one Bitcoin um, on them and and the Bitcoin's not moving. It's it's at all time highs. So there's more holders of Bitcoin now than there's ever been before in the past. That gives the whole fear of missing out thing when you just hear that, that there's only going to be 21 million created and that the people who are buying it, like me, I'm not selling it, 
um, it it just it just kind of it assault. just makes you want more, doesn't it? It really does. It's really like a horrible gambling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the reason I love this one so much is the once you understand the economy, you understand the role of hard money and the value of owning something like Bitcoin is protecting my purchasing power at, from financial chaos that I think will continue over the next you know, few years. It seems super value to, valuable to me. Go One ahead. thing you can do that's really cool just to understand a little bit more about the Bitcoin network is you can go to blockchain.com and you can go to the Explorer and you can see things, uh, statistics, such as active addresses, total addresses, uh, ownership by time held, concentration. And so, and you can dive deeper and, and there's even more to it than that. So I think that's always, a, that's a, always a cool way to actually study the network and, and, and so, understand. So you can actually then get a feel for how much is moving and who's holding what. So what, what's your take on some of the stuff I read that there's some of these whales out there that just control huge amounts of Bitcoin. What, what I know that's just a general mm-hmm. thought I'm throwing out at you, but what's your take when I say that? Are there, yeah, I, I'm sure there are. Right. And I'm sure that some of the, you know, wealthiest people in the world found out about this stuff a long time ago and, and bought, huge amounts and, and have just been sitting on it since. Um, but at the same time, I also know that more and more average people are also buying in and I, and we see it firsthand. And what's really cool is we actually ask clients why they're buying Bitcoin. It's part of, especially for the larger amounts. Um, we'll have them fill out a form. It has a, num- a number of questions and one of them is to ask them why they're doing this. And some of these responses we get are really incredible. Like, I'll give you an example to move from a currency that is infinite to one that is limited. And that came right after, uh, the Jerome Powell's infinite QE or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and 60 minutes, uh, 60 minutes interview he did a few months back. Yeah. Right. So, so you get these types of responses. Um, and, and it's quite interesting and, 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 and it's how many different ways can you say the same thing? Right. And so you start to see the same, ideas come back and the narrative gets stronger and you know digital gold is spreading and more and more people want to have a little bit to want to get off zero and and and, and so it's 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 really a, a pretty cool thing to come close pretty, to pretty cool idea. thing to see yeah yeah I, I i i agree as well i mean i uh there's a, you just say uh, coming off zero. I didn't, I've heard that term, I think once or twice, but I've forgotten about it. Cause there's a guy on our team here uh, that Jordan just walked by and we were joking with him. Like he doesn't have any Bitcoin yet. And what did you say? What did you say? Get off zero. Was that that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Get, uh, get off zero. Yeah. The reason I like Bitcoin so much is I feel savings should go up in value. And I've been born, you know, I'm born in an era where assets have been the thing that have always gone up in value. And I strongly disagree with that economic foundation, call it Austrian economics or whatever you want. I just feel that if, and I'll just go back to my father because he worked construction and our mother worked really hard and still does. Um, she works with us here at Rockstar. Um, but when, uh, when people work hard and you're able to save some money, I want that savings to go up in value. And to me, that's the economic foundational underpinning of a healthy society. When the savings do not go up in value, you're left with everyone becoming an armchair economist, 
forcing themselves to take their savings and take some risk into some assets that they may or not may, uh, uh, may or may not understand. It's why we started Rockstar yeah. because we're like, hey, if people are going to invest because they feel like they have to, right? Shouldn't there be a brokerage out there that kind of specializes in investments to kind of guide them through this process instead of everybody just, not everybody, but a lot of people just praying that the property they're going to buy is going to work out and not have a team of specialists around them that can help them out? Like, let's try to create that that world. So it's weird that Rockstar is created for a world where people are forced to invest. But I'm personally advocating for a world where that's not necessary. Right. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, our whole business is set up right. to i don't want to say take advantage of the way the economy set up because you know i feel like we've studied the rules of the game and we're like yeah you have to get investments if you're going to get ahead in this world and that's why rockstar kind of exists but i think we should be in a world where everyone's savings goes up in value right don't hate the play i hate the game yeah totally <laughs> yeah i'm gonna use that with some of my buddies exactly right. and that's you know the whole idea behind a diversified portfolio because you gotta have some real estate you gotta have some stocks you gotta have bonds you gotta do this this percent this interest rate this REIT, this this that bitcoin this that because ultimately if you leave your money in dollars then you're gonna lose to inflation so that's why we need to invest. And so where are you going to make those investments? Well, you know, you, you're going to want some hard assets, especially in economic turbulence like we're in due to this corona pandemic, uh, what we're calling the great accelerator. And you're looking at digital investments. You're looking at all these tech companies do extremely well. Uh, you're looking at digital assets like Bitcoin as a safe haven from maybe traditional businesses that you were previously invested in that are suffering from the economic turbulence that we're going through. So this has become the narrative since March, since we've had this downturn and since this pandemic has overtaken our social and economic lives. And so we're seeing more and more clients than ever get onboarded to bit by buying Bitcoin for a lot of the same reasons that we've discussed today. And it's you're an in interesting point because you can see customers like myself probably email you the most ridiculous questions, but it gives you a, an insight into who's starting to get interested in Bitcoin because the super techie guys are probably going to have very different analysis of what BitBuy is and your exchanges and stuff. And then there's going to be people like me, like, hey, Jordan, I don't know, like, did I do something right over here? You know, like, is this working right? right. And the fact that you get questions like that is a really cool insight because you just see other people coming into the game here. Mm -hmm. So you guys kind of have a, a really interesting seat at the table right yeah. now. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and, and we really do our best to make it super easy, basic for guys like yourself. We'll get on the phone with you. We'll do consultation. Did you just call me a simpleton? I think you just called me a simpleton. Uh, you, you called yourself a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, but you, you guys have done a great S job with that. So, so yeah. we want to continue that and continue to provide that top-level service to allow people to smoothly enter in to this space and get the exposure that they're already looking for before they ever called us. Where do you think this whole space, where do you think BitBuy is headed in the next five or 10 years without giving any strategic secrets away to your competitors or whatever, or maybe just talk about the space in general? Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen? I have my own thoughts of what's like, I, I feel like a, a separate new financial system is being built out right in front of our eyes. For sure. 
Um, so first I'll touch a bit about BitBuy. I think we're going to continue to add additional products that we're, our clients are demanding from us. So we have a, quite a robust uh, product roadmap where we're going to continue to uh, grow the suite of products that we can offer clients. But ultimately, we need to continue to do what we do now well, and we need to make sure that uh, our clients are happy and that we're providing best-in-class customer service. So just just ensuring that we're continuing to do what we do now as well as we do it and even get better at it, that's a ton of work. And so we're going to obviously focus on the core business and continue to provide that best-in-class service while continuing to add those additional products uh, and services that our customers are asking for. I can see a time where one of the key things for me would be using my Bitcoin as collateral to borrow maybe Canadian dollars against and someone like you guys, you you know, the exchange becoming the holder of that collateral in some capacity and maybe even lending out the money. Um, and I mean the Canadian dollars, like a fiat currency yeah. against the collateral of my, totally. like I'm starting to look at, uh, at things like gold and Bitcoin as the ultimate collateral that I could own. And going forward, I don't really think I'm going to be selling either. Like, I'm not dumping all my... I've been in the gold space for so long. Like, when I look at these arguments about people arguing between gold and Bitcoin, I just laugh because I'm like, I think there's a world for both of them. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin might have... Uh, uh, the next be the next evolution, but gold's not going to lose its importance in a snap of a fingers. It's going to be here for a little while. But I do think collateral, to me, is the most important thing going forward. And if you have a bunch of Canadian dollars saved up and someone else has a bunch of gold or Bitcoin saved up, that collateral is going to be looking a lot better to a possible lender than a bunch of Canadian dollars. For sure. And you look at these macroeconomic investors like Paul Tudor Jones or Raul Powell, these guys who are loading up on Bitcoin. And I think that Bitcoin itself, the next big jump is going from, what are we at now, $250 billion, $217 billion U.S. dollar market cap as of today, oh Monday, God, August 24th, Holy to a $1 trillion market cap. So that's going to be well, the I think next. Raul, Raul Paul is talking about going, it to, not $1 trillion. I think he's talking right. about going to like $2 trillion, $5 trillion, $10 trillion. I'm sure it will, yeah, yeah. but I think that's the big milestone that we're going to see maybe within the coming year or two. Uh, to get to a $1 trillion market cap, and that will cause it to reach new all-time highs. So that's where I think that's going to be the next big hurdle for Bitcoin. How does it get to a $1 trillion market cap? And it almost has to cap? get there for the big guys with some bigger money to come and play. Mm-hmm. Because right. when it's because two, gold's an $8 trillion market gold's cap. Gold's $8 trillion. If you want to buy some, you can get some because of the market cap, just the Canadian right. dollar value or the U.S. dollar value we're talking about right, right. now. Um, if, if Bitcoin gets larger, it just allows two things happen. You get the fear of missing out of people like, hey, I need in here. But when it's a bigger asset pool, it's easier to buy some of it. Some of these guys can go in at 200 uh, billion and freaking buy the whole thing if they wanted to, right? So it's important yeah. that it grows for, right. all, for of course. all of us. Of course. And it go, to go back to your earlier question about some of these additional financial products within the ecosystem, yeah. I think we're already starting to see that right now with what's happening in what's called the DeFi space. So decentralized finance, uh, for short is DeFi. And you have all of these smart contract applications that allow you to essentially stake your Bitcoin 
earn interest on it, lend it out. Is that happening um, in Canada right now? Well, it's ha- it's happening across this space, which ha- which is borderless. Yeah, got so it. Okay, yeah. and I guess okay. So so it's happening now. I guess the reason I'm asking Canada, I'm just thinking the regulations and the freaking tax reporting right. of some of that nonsense. But oh yeah, it's I'm not super trying to dismiss difficult. the government, but no. I kind of am. <laughs> I'm right. trying to dismiss the, but uh, but it's happening right now. So people are doing it. So you can lend your Bitcoin out right now and earn interest on it. Some yeah. Well, things. you have you know you have centralized marketplaces like Bitbuy, but then now you have decentralized exchanges. Uh, one of the biggest being Uniswap, and they're doing more trading volume on certain days over the last few weeks than some of the largest centralized cryptocurrency exchanges in the US, uh, you know, Gemini and, and, you know, just to name one, for example. So they're doing more volume on a decentralized exchange protocol, uh, where the settlement is happening on chain, than you have on these more traditional centralized exchanges. So there's a whole next phase to this ecosystem that's already beginning. Uh, and it's happening now, which is really cool. It's super cool. I feel like a bunch, and this is why I'm kind of thankful that you came on here today. I personally want more Canadians to learn about this stuff, even if they disagree with it or don't want to get started with it. I feel like there's a second financial system being built out and a bunch of people are going to miss the boat on it. And to me, this is a unique time in our history where I think the average Canadian can jump on board on the development of a new financial system. Mm-hmm. And with on-ramps like BitBuy or whatever exchange, like I'm not trying to make this a big commercial for BitBuy, uh, by the way. Um, Jordan, I'm sure, uh, you know, you know, you didn't ask for that, but I'm just grateful you're here. But I keep saying BitBuy because you're here. But I think in general, we just want people, I'm sure you're the same, just to go out there and learn about this stuff. And then if you want to get started, you can choose one of these exchanges. You can check out uh, something like BitBuy and kind of get started with it. You can buy some Bitcoin for, you can buy, what's the lowest amount you can buy, send yeah, over to BitBuy? Like yeah. 50 yeah, bucks, can, 100 yeah. bucks? Yeah, you can buy as little as 100 bucks. Yeah, so you can just kind of, and I think that would be a good place for people to start, no? Set totally. up an account, buy 100 bucks of the stuff, get a feel for how this thing works. I Definitely. wanted to ask you on your exchange. The best thing to do is even just to set up an account on BitBuy, buy 100 bucks, then set up a wallet on another platform, uh, blockchain.com is okay. a great platform to create another wallet and just send the Bitcoin from BitBuy to blockchain wallet and just use the blockchain and use the wallet addresses and just move the value. And when you just start to move a small oh. amount of value using the blockchain, <laughs> it starts to, you start to understand the power of the blockchain and how all of this infrastructure works. And how easy it is to send value over the internet using these protocols. And that is what starts to open up people's minds. Yeah, somebody on our team here is starting a business and they had to set up a U.S. bank account. And they're complaining, and rightfully so, that it's taking five days to set up a U.S. bank account. And I'm like, yeah, that's why there's this other financial industry that's being born using stuff like Bitcoin. Do you have resources on your website where people can kind of like just go to just to guide them through what you just said like almost like hey here's your first steps to buy some bitcoin or any of these cryptocurrencies that you're interested in yeah definitely so we have the bitbuy.ca slash resources which is basically our blog and we break it down into guides uh 
we break it down into new industry news and then updates to our platform. So even under the guide, uh, that's where I would tell people to start to start with some, read some diet guides. And for example, there's guides around, uh, you know, pr- protecting yourself online. So security is a huge thing within the industry. So the one I definitely recommend is 10 tips for BitBuy and cryptocurrency safety. And we update that on a regular basis. And then you can also just learn how to buy Bitcoin in Canada and, you know, gold versus Bitcoin is another article on there. Uh, Don't be dismissing gold too much, Jordan. I'm going to go check out your article. <laughs> now I got to go check out the gold versus Bitcoin. Well, well hey, we're not, we're, we're not, yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't, uh, you know, slander gold by any means, but just, just comparing the two, especially for those more traditional gold investors. And, and, and I think it really can help them understand what Bitcoin is. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of resources out there online. And I think that you make a really good point that this all kind of comes back to education and learning uh, before, you know, actually it's doing important. things yourself. And it's cool that you guys have those on, on your site because I think the first time you move any of your, you know, you said set up an account on BitBuy and then go set up a wallet somewhere else. And just those terms a few months ago would have been enough to baffle me. So it's nice that you have, we're not going to discuss that now. People can go to the web, your website and check it out. But when I first moved thing, something from BitBuy onto my own hardware wallet, I almost had a heart attack. Right. Because I'm like, I'm like, what is, what is happening? I'm like, Nick, Nick, did yours refresh yet? Right. Mine hasn't refreshed right. yet. And then you start seeing it like one confirmation or two confirmations, you know, and, and you start right. thinking, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm going to be okay. Right. It's not lost on the internet. Right. But a friend of mine, I'm not going to bring up his name because... <laughs> It's even like, just learn how to copy and paste. Yeah. That's like the very first oh my step. Gosh. If you don't know how to copy and paste things on your computer, then you're going to have a hard time using wallets because it's all based off of uh, yeah, addresses. Long, long addresses string, like uh, Long num- strings of num- characters. Num- yeah, exactly. Character addresses. So if you can just copy and paste, well... You know, you're ahead of the That's curve. That's important because you don't want to re-input. Because, yeah, for those of you listening, when you, you get basically uh, an address, it's this thing called this public address that you end up giving out to wherever you are pulling out your Bitcoin from. And if you screw that up, you can send it to the wrong place. So you want to cut and paste it so you don't mess this thing up. But I must have checked mine 15 times the first time I did it. You know, like, right. are all those digits properly there? Right. And then it takes a little bit of time for it to move. So you're just kind of freaking out. But a friend of mine, I think it was last weekend or something, I had emailed you. I don't want to bring up the guy's name. But he moved all the Bitcoin that he had purchased. And it wasn't... Um, Massive amount, but it wasn't a tiny amount either. And he did it all in one shot. First time ever, right. did it all in one shot. And he was kind of freaking not actually handled it really well, I thought. But, uh, you know, there was this period of time where it wasn't moving. And, he, and I was saying, hey, did you put in the address? You know, did you do this right? And we were having some fun that we thought he might be the guy who screwed up. And we would have this story for the rest of our lives, how he screwed up moving his, his Bitcoin around. So that's why you want to start with your 100 bucks or something like that. Yeah. But, but well, when- we called a Satoshi test. So when you know you're moving the Bitcoin from, let's say, BitBuy to your own wallet and maybe it's your first time or maybe you're using a larger amount or you're moving a larger amount, start with a Satoshi, which is one one millionth of a Bitcoin or even let's just say like 10 bucks worth, like point zero 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 one Bitcoin. And then just do that as your test transaction. Make sure that that works because you can move these super small amounts. Make sure that that goes through properly and then send a larger amount. 
right? Totally. So that, that, yeah. that's the recommended way to do it. Don't move like a thousands of dollars <laughs> at the one time. Um, Jordan, thanks for this. I'm looking over some of the things I'd wrote down, but I think we went through most of the stuff I wanted to ask you about. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up here about Bitbuy and your future at Bitbuy? You're, you're married now, so you, you know, you're allowed to say whatever you want. She's with you forever. If you're going to make another career change, you can say it and, you know, she's stuck with you. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, I guess, um, you know, just first off, like none of the stuff that we're talking about today is really meant to be investment advice at all. It's simply just a full disclosure on that. Um, when it comes to Bitcoin or other digital currencies, you know, I usually tell people don't put in more money than they're willing to lose. Right. So just, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, risk, risky assets, you know, some people may stop, stop looking at, have stopped looking at this as a risky asset, but, uh, you know, always sort of invest carefully and, and make sure you're prudent with your, with your finances and so forth. And, uh, and then lastly, just, you know, thanks so much for, for having me on Tom and, uh, it's been it's been awesome and uh, yeah, I really no, thanks enjoyed for, chatting with you. Thanks for coming. I mean, I just reached out pretty cold, so I appreciate you doing this, man. You uh, you had trust enough in us to come out and do this. And like I said before, I mean, a whole thing of what we believe in is that we believe everyone should live life on their own terms. And we feel your story about you going through the corporate world, quitting, getting involved with Bitbuy with your cousin and doing what you're doing. You have a cool story, number one. And then the fact that you're doing it with, you know, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically, which we consider hard money, goes with our whole theme of that everybody should have some cash savings for emergencies and deflation. You should have some hard money in your life, whether you believe in silver, gold or Bitcoin, choose one of them and you should have it. And then you should have some cash flowing producing assets, whether that's a business that you own or some income producing properties to spit off some cash flow, or maybe in the future lending out some of your, your collateral and earning some interest that way, whatever it is, you need those three buckets. And you guys are really serving one of those needs for Canadians. So I want you to succeed. Like we want to be promoters of Canadian businesses that we feel help Canadians. Yep. So to yeah. our role is we don't want anything in return from you. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just mean we want to be supporters of you to help other help you guys and maybe get the message out there. Yeah. So and we really appreciate that. And also, I just, you know, want to thank uh, also the entire team over at Bitbuy. Uh, super proud of everything that that uh, my co workers and colleagues have built and uh and it's great working with such a great group of people and i'm super proud of the work that everybody does over there on a daily basis and also you know thanks to all of our customers and clients because you know i wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for them so if you're listening to this and you're you're either been a bit by client in the past or you're still a bit by client now um thank you um it's it's obviously great serving the canadian canadian uh, public and uh we're only going to continue to strive to make the platform better and, and for, for the uh, customers. Yeah, awesome, Jordan. Thank you so much. We'll have you back. We'll get an update from you in a little while, see where this all goes. Cool. Can't wait. Hey, everyone. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Jordan. We really had a, a blast doing it. I, I say we. I had a blast doing that with Jordan. Nick couldn't sit on this one. He'll be on, on, on future episodes. If you're listening to this and you want more real estate information, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com for all sorts of access to free books that we offer, reports, latest population data that we share, videos, all the podcasts that we do are listed on there. So that's your kind of home base for us. www.rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this time. Till next time, your life, your terms.